live from StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, bringing you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success. Together, lover of marketing Elisa Sparks Lane from the Ellen Sparks Agency and Jennifer Rojas from Next Gen Consulting share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow. True success comes when you nurture your business, body, and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life. Join the dynamic duo on our journey to success. Ready, set, listen. Hey, good morning. Jennifer, are you out there? Uh, I am. I think I'm here. Am I here? You think you're here? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm here. <laughs> Where are you today? Because you're not in the studio. I'm not in the studio. I am in Los Altos, California. Nice. Yeah, it is. So I'm about, uh, I don't know, 30 degrees, 20 to 30 degrees cooler than, than Phoenix. So I, I will say I am missing being in the studio today, not being in Phoenix necessarily. Wait, you you miss the studio, but you don't meet you don't miss Phoenix, right? Yeah, yeah I like being there with you for the show. Yeah, but I'm glad I get to call in. I'm so happy. These uh, we look like look like we have a great show today. So yeah, I'm happy to call in. How are you? I'm doing well. It's been a really interesting week. Uh, cars in the shop. Oh, it's no. always an adventure when my cars in the shop, and uh, it's funny. Someone's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and I'm like, "No, no, no, no." I love my car. It needs some time in there and it comes back so nice and clean and happy and all this stuff. So it's like a little spa day. Spa yeah. day for the car. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well I hope you get it back soon and it gets it's all happy and cheery when you get it back. Totally, totally. So when do you get back? Now that you're talking about this, you're gonna be gone next week too, right? I am. I think I'm back uh on the eighth. Or eighth or ninth, yeah. So eighth we're gonna we're actually driving back. Yeah, we so we flew in and then we're gonna we're gonna rent a car and do a little road trip back. Take our time and see some sights. Nice. Me and Mara. Yeah. The adventure begins. That, the well, you know, with me there's always an adventure <laughs> no matter where I am. But mm. yeah, yeah, very. It's it's nice to have the time. So yeah. So I'm sorry, I'm going to be missing. We have two. Looks like we have two amazing guests in in today for the show. Yes, we do. Melissa Mendeville. Mendeville. <laughs> I get to use my Spanish accent. Mendeville. <laughs> yes. Well, thank I think, you for having me. <laughs> are you still there, Jennifer? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, cool. I am. Now I hear you. We were having some audio issues, but we're oh, good. No, I'm we're still good. here. We're good. We're good. And we also have um, Valerie James, who's going to be talking about something we usually don't talk about, which is a great topic for today, which is credit and staging. She's actually going to be talking about staging, like the things we don't even know that goes on behind the scenes when you go look at a house, all that imagination that goes into like making it look amazing and you can just picture yourself living there and then all of a sudden you bought a house. That's how easy it is, right? Totally. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's a good segue. You need you need good credit to get a house that's been staged, so it's a good, good combo. And a good attitude, which is what Melissa's going to bring us. That's right. <laughs> All right. 
So where should we begin? Because oh. uh, Melissa's bio is actually really extensive, including a little snippet of dancing that I'm sure she wants to tell us about. Oh, yeah, I, can t- I can talk about anything you'd like today. <laughs> How is the dancing experience? Because that was actually oh um, like maybe in the steps of the Mean Girls. Was the it? Mean Girls. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, for me, dance actually has always been a part of my life. So I grew up around music. Music is life. And and when I hear music, I just can't help but to dance. Um, But the actual, the art form of it, I wasn't exposed to like dance classes until high school when it was a class that was offered at the high school level. So I fell in love with it immediately. And um, I had a dream of like performing one day with either with a a performing artist like Janet Jackson or Missy Elliott's of the world because I just love their music and or a professional team like the Arizona Cardinal cheerleaders or the Phoenix Suns dancers. I just dreamed of being one of those dancers someday. And it was one of those unspoken things that I would, I would like kiddingly say it like, oh my gosh, I would love to do that. And I never, ever really pursued it. So after high school, I did take a class at the community college level and soon realized that <laughs> I was not at, the, at their level. A lot of these dancers, they start dancing at the young age of four. Mm. And although I shined in high school, I, you know, I went to dance camp senior year, won the Universal Dance Association All-Star, and went, to Par- went on to Paris, France, and danced in the New Year's Day parade there. And so like, my future in dance was looking bright. As soon as I walked into one of those classes at the co- college level, I was like, holy moly, like, I am not good enough. And so that was the unspoken communication I just kind of held in, and I quit. So fast forward 17 years later, uh, I, went, I got into this mind-body coaching session, and one of our assignments was, you know, what's a big, scary dream goal of yours that you've never went after? And for me, it was, I want an audition for the Arizona Cardinal Cheerleaders. And she's like, all right, we're going to go after that. I'm like, we're going to do what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so uh, I got a little uncomfortable because now I'm like 34 at this time. And, uh, and she had me uh, basically uh, create that on Facebook. She had me make a post. <laughs> and I was oh, like, oh, no. my gosh, now everybody you knows. Went public with it. <laughs> yeah, I went public with it. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do this. And my coach was amazing. She walked me every step of the way. Um, and what I discovered out of making that declaration that I was going to audition for the Arizona Carnal cheerleaders was like, people were watching, (laughs) they were watching, they were counting on me to like follow through and I did it. And it was the most exhilarating experience of my life. Um, and so like 16 years later, 17 years later after high school, here I was dancing with these young 20 year old women who, you know, been doing it since four years old (laughs) and just rocked it, you know, as far as like, um, I didn't let anything stop me or get in my way. If I messed up a dance step or two, I, you know, normally how it would have gone was like, oh my God, I suck. And I would just left or I never, I wouldn't have shown up to audition. So just the fact that I showed up was, you know, dressed up and (laughs) with everything hair did, makeup did. I mean, it's a whole production, let's say it's a whole production. And uh, just really being with the experience, being with the other women trying out, it was just uh, remarkable. And so what I got out of that experience is like going after and chasing those dreams, the ones that, especially the ones that you've given up on, 
really has an impact on others. I got approached by so many women and so many people like, oh my gosh, you have inspired me, one, to go back to the gym, get, get my fitness intact. And then two, is like, I'm, I'm really looking to see what dream have I given up on that I can go back and do. So I really, what, what I got out of it is that it creates hope and inspiration for others that they too can go after their wildest dreams. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So what's next for you? What's the next dream? Ooh, the next dream is creating uh, a career that I'm passionate about that lights me up, wakes me up in the morning, and I just can't wait um, to make a difference. And so what that is, so by trade, I'm a high school counselor, and I do love working with teenagers, um, but I've basically maxed out what I can provide there as far as finances, and I'm really glad that Valerie's here. We can get into the financial part of it. Um, and I really struggled financially in the education world. And I'm like, you know, I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. And I am no longer fulfilled in it. Like, I feel like I want to uh, have an impact in a larger scale for a bigger crowd. And so I'm moving into the world of coaching, life coaching, and empowering others and what they're up to in life and fulfilling their wildest dreams is what I'm out to create and have that as a full-time gig. So. Is that a little scary for you? It is. It is scary to leap from something that I know to do. I've been doing, I've been in education for the past 13 years and we're conditioned as children going to school. Like you go to school, get a job, uh, you know, and that's what you do. You retire from that job. Those days are gone, right? Like I really discovered like that's no longer the case. There's really not job security. Um, I really don't vision myself being in education for the next 15, 18 years. I just, I just, yeah. So it is scary because it's like taking a leap of faith. Like, do I have what it takes to produce uh, the results? One, for the other, my clients, right? And two, like financially, would I be able to uh, be stable enough to do that? So it is scary. It is scary, very scary and exciting all at the same time because I love, absolutely love coaching. Awesome. Yeah. Jennifer, I heard you for a second. Yeah, I know. I know it's so hard. I can't make myself known. <laughs> bust into the conversation. I have like 600 questions. Wait a second. <laughs> usually I can see that twinkle in your ready. eye and I'm like, it's time for Jennifer. I know. I usually could make it clear that I need to speak. Um, now, are, are you still are you still dancing, Melissa? Do you still do any gigs? or? Oh, yeah. Thank you for asking. So uh, after the auditions for the Arizona Connell cheerleaders, I was cut in the first round and I was totally fine with it. I was like, this is amazing. I, I walked out with my head high and super stoked and excited. And what happened was it led me to another audition. Um, I was just uh, happened to be on Facebook and one of my Facebook friends uh, had posted something about Rush Chick auditions. And I messaged her. I was like, what's Rush Chicks? And she's like, oh, my God, you're just going to love it. Just come. So days later, after auditioning for the Arizona Cardinal cheerleaders, I auditioned for the Rush Chicks and made that dance team. So it's a dance fitness team. And I was on that team for two seasons. And they're no longer a group anymore. So I am definitely looking for the next thing for dance. I, I, you know, I take any dance classes I can get my hands on just because I absolutely love it and adore it. It's, it's a full self-expression of who I am. And I get to just like be on stage, be, be performing. And I don't know, I just transform into something else. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun to like, I, like connect both of those, like life coach and dancing somehow. Oh, That'd be fun yeah. to kind of see what can, what can develop come out, out of that. that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like every weekend there's like a dance off yeah well i definitely your... saw the need <laughs> <laughs> yeah right Jennifer yeah. 
I know. I'm totally. <laughs> Jennifer and I kidding. love competing. <laughs> well, and you know, it's yeah. it's dance is like more a sport. Than the other, I, I know it's you. Yeah, dance is a sport, and it, it's a, you know it's a mental game as well. Totally. And uh, what I what I notice a lot of these women that were auditioning, um, just the the wide array of emotions that happen. Um, so I like I immediately just go into coach mode. Like some of these women, they could be like my daughters, you know, like, and, and a lot of them are like, you know, really beating themselves up or, um, getting emotionally charged by it. And I just went into coach mode and I coached one of these, uh, ladies that was auditioning and she actually made it to the second round. And, um, she came back to thank me, you know, for like what I told her, I can't even, you know, tell you what I told her. I don't remember at this time, but, uh, whatever, I shared with her or encouraged her, it got her to that next level. So I really do see like, yeah, that could be something there, you know, like coaching people into whatever it is that they're up to. Do you performance coach? Do you ask permission before you coach? Like that's one of those like unheard or like it's, it's almost like sometimes it's like uh, forced on versus invited in. And, And you know, that's, that's still in the space of the unspoken word, but Totally. Yeah. So in that situation was like, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't say it was coaching or anything, but I did say, can I offer you something? So Mm -hmm. I did, you know, ask that before proceeding. (laughs) It was not a formal coaching session or anything like that. Let me tell you what you need to do. I was like, can I offer you something? Cause you're right. Um, permission is everything, you know, some people are, don't want to hear it and that's totally cool too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. How about you, Valerie? Have you seen a little bit of that? Yes. I did. I did. And, um, you know, just to, to, you know, to be able to help someone or to assist with them into making an impact in their life is, is amazing. So wonderful story. Wonderful Thank story. So, Thank you. Yeah. So how are you impacting with credit? And uh, do you ask people, do you want help? <laughs> like, so, you know, it's funny because that's, we, you know, Melissa and I were talking before the show and it's not something that usually comes out in conversation. Like, how's your credit score? Hey, you know, it's, it's, you know, why would you want to tell that out? Like it, it, you know, it's amazing how you hear people talk about it a little bit more, you know, these days, you know, the last 10, 15, 20 years, but cause we're all in the same boat. Is that- it, it is. And, and I think what a lot of people don't understand is that they're not the only one that have credit issues or credit problems or low scores that, you know, you hear about things all the time, like, hey, I'm going to go buy a car, or I'm going to go buy a home. And then the next thing, you know, that you hear that they don't. So then you, re- you know, you talk to them and you're, you know, or you hear about stories that, well, they didn't buy it because their scores were too low or they couldn't qualify for a loan. And it's, it's amazing. So no matter what background you come from, whether, you know, you're rich, or, you know, average, or you're, you know, have, you know, not have very much money, then it affects everyone if you know from 18 to 100 and whatever you know that you can live it's it impacts everyone so and it really holds you bondage you know to if you have low scores or bad credit you know or credit challenges it holds you to the the level of that the lenders will take advantage of you and they they, they can it is fully legal that they can they could charge you 15, 29% interest on a vehicle, which is absolutely crazy. Or well, is it really it taking advantage of them or is it just really what, what's so? I mean, if that's the score that you have, I mean, mm-hmm. there's certain things that have to happen because you've shown a record of not being responsible, so to speak. I mean, I don't know how else to see mm-hmm. it, but I mean, 
like it is what it is. I mean, it is, it is what it is. And, but the lenders do make more money. They make more money on lending. So sometimes they'll say, yes, we'll loan to you if your scores are 620, 640 or, you know, low auto scores, but they do make more money. So I try to empower people to impact their lives, to say, okay, fight back, you know, use their consumer rights and improve their credit, raise their scores. So, so what are some yes. things that people can implement? Jennifer's jumping off her seat over there. Yes. What's up over there, Jennifer? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, this is, I mean, because I, I do, I feel, I think one of the things that drives me crazy um, is the, the lack of transparency when it comes to your credit score. So to Elisa's point, you know, certainly sometimes we make bad decisions, although I think there are life events that happen that, totally. you know, it, mm-hmm. you, you don't, you, you tried your best, you didn't do anything irresponsible, it's just life hits you Definitely. hard, but mm-hmm. There's no, there's really a lack of transparency in in the credit scores and how how are those credit scores even calculated? Um, how do you act, you know interacting if you don't agree with one of the charges or one of the you know line items on your credit score? It's very hard to to have a conversation with any of the bureaus. I, I, I've always found it interesting that we haven't done more to like since it is such an integral part. I mean, so much of our lives depends on our credit score to some degree. From a from a you know kind of a you know building your life uh, up kind of thing, and yet we have so little way to really control that or to have a conversation about it, and it makes me it's really interesting to me that we've not looked at that and and done something about it so that it it is easier to to to, to fix it or to know what to do if you need to fix it. Well, and even like where to go, like it's a subject that's yeah. not usually like you want to let everyone know. Like sometimes it's embarrassing or sometimes there's shame along with it or maybe there was something that happened that caused them to have like, you know, a situation. So, you know, how do you even start that conversation and develop trust with people? Because it's definitely that space of like, can I trust you and show you my numbers and not be judged over it or, you right. know? A lot of, well, in, in how we find our people that come to us or that call us is that they are, you know, that they are referred. Most most of the people are referred from all over 50 states, United States. So they come to us because they're trying to buy a home and they're referred by a loan officer or mortgage company, um, auto dealerships, uh, bankruptcy attorneys, because maybe they don't want to file bankruptcy. So they come to us in different ways or find us on the internet or, you know, maybe a social media advertising. So they come to us with different things and different problems. It's not just about bad credit. Sometimes they'll come to us with that they have a lot of unpaid debts and they lost a job. So like you said, Jennifer, is that things do happen to good people. Good, you know, bad things happen to good people. So whether they've had bankruptcy um, in their past or divorce, um, you know, I've had one client that lost his daughter, you know, for Mm -hmm. a tragic car accident. So life happens. And so we just get those people that, you know, it's somehow that they find their way to us um, through different advertising mediums. Then we let them know that we're here. We have over 29 years experience to help them to give them their answers and more than anything that we're consumer advocates. So um, as being passionate about what I do, which I absolutely love helping people and, and assisting them with cleaning up their credit reports, raising their, their scores, helping them get out of debt and save money. So there's so many different avenues that we can help them. And most important is the education, is the credit education that we help them with and to learn information from facts and laws, especially the state and federal laws. Wow. 
And now do you, is that like a, a package, you know, how, how does somebody, you know, how, how do you get paid? Is it like a, a percentage of what you save them or? Good question. You know, with credit repair or is it like, you know, you, you know, monthly fee or one-time fee, whatever? Um, good question. Okay, so the, ed the education we don't charge for. So if people just called for, uh, you know, free, just free advice and free answers, then we give them that. So the only time we really charge is if somebody doesn't know how to do credit repair or they don't know how to, do, you know, settle their debts for down to, say, 20 to 30%. So if they have any unpaid debts, one of their huge mm -hmm. options is to settle their debts. So those are really the two uh, services that we really charge for. A lot of identity theft services and so forth, we give the information. Mm -hmm. um, if we help them through, we try to give maybe a consulting fee or something like that. Of course, we've got to pay the bills too, but a lot of what we do is, is, is really free. And we email mm -hmm. them information or we talk to them on the phone. Um, I have a lot of credit consultants that I've trained all over the United States. So whether it's our company or someone that's maybe near them can help them. That's fantastic. Wow. It's like a solution we never really want to look at. Life empowerment solutions, which saves some money. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to, is being more empowered with the knowledge. So, yeah. Yeah. Knowing can get you out of it. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. What is one Yeah, of the I think it's the plan. Sorry. What's Planning. one of the biggest you know, things? Oh, I'm, I'm like, this is fun. Go ahead, Alicia. <laughs> Go ahead. It's all you. <laughs> I forgot my question. What's the biggest thing? Go ahead. Oh, no, I was trying to help No, neither of us are going to speak, which is perfect. <laughs> I'll be quiet for now. I was going to say, I think it helps to have a plan. Like, I think to use the thing of being overwhelmed and not knowing where to start. And sometimes it is, and, and, it, and it's just knowing it's going to take you three years to get out, get back to the place where you want to be. But if you do this in three years, you'll be there. And, I, and, and it's better than looking back three years from now and not having done anything. So being able to get that education is really phenomenal. Right. How did you get into it, uh, Melissa? Sorry, Valerie, how did you get into, oh. how did you get into uh, cre you know, the credit counseling? That's a great question. Um, okay, so I'm going to make this a really short version. Um, well, I was 22 years old, and uh, so this is, you know, over 29 years ago, but so you can kind of figure out how old I am. But um, so 22 years old, I lost a job, and my father being an attorney, he, you know, and my family is very educated, and they didn't even have the answers for me of what to do. So I didn't know, you know, how to, I had two vehicles, I had a credit card, didn't know what to do with my own debt. So then what splashed on TV is bankruptcy and thought that was my only option. So I mm -hmm. filed bankruptcy. Um, it, was, it was the wrong thing for me to do in my situation, but I'm glad I did it now uh, mentally because now I've helped thousands of people all over the United States to, you know, get empowered and get that information and knowledge. So um, and because my father is, is an attorney, I learn more of the laws. So it, I try to make it fun for my clients to learn and to, you know, to be educated, but it is a serious matter. So, but I've, I've loved it and I've had fun doing it, but my passion really is to give back to people and to, you know, really empower them of, of what they can do because there's no other company, which is really sad. There's no other company out there that teaches them all of their options. Because if they go to a bankruptcy attorney, they're going to say, sure, file a Chapter 7 or maybe a Chapter 13 to reorganize their debt. But they're not going to tell them all their options, which is really sad. 
they need to know all their options. So every consumer in America has about eight to nine options of what to do if they have debts, if they have unpaid debts or the situation happens. So then they'll know exactly what to do. I, I wrote it on one sheet called Choices for Unpaid Debts, and I actually give that away for free to educate people. So they could read it, they can call us and talk about it. Um, if we go into a longer conversation, I might charge a little bit from $50 to $150 to, to kind of offset our time, but a lot of it is for free, like I said. So, But I got into it with, in a bad situation. I turned that into a good situation um, you know, for myself, for my family over the years. And I've had credit glitches you know, kind of along the way because I've had a divorce. I've had issues going on medical and so forth like that. So, but I at least know how to take care of them, you know, how to get back on track financially and with credit and keep the high credit scores. I like how you call them credit glitches. It's actually kind of fun. Credit glitches, credit challenges, yes. (laughs) So what's the first step that people can take? I know it's like pulling your credit. Is there a space that people can go to, kind of search this information that's, you know, safe, I guess? Uh, Yes. And, you know, of course, the data breaches, you know, that we've all heard about, um, you know, over the past couple years from um, Equifax recently last year and then the year before that with Experian, um, you know, that was kind of shoved under the rug. But a lot of the data breaches, whether they're stores or anywhere, people really don't know where to go to get credit reports. So, um, you know, if, if you go to a website that has HTTPS at the top, it is a secured site. So we're hoping that you know, everything is secured, but I would recommend privacyguard.com. That is uh, a place where you can get all three credit reports, all three scores for $1. And that is good for 14 days. So at least they can review how to get their credit reports. Um, it only costs a dollar. It's in one simple, easy to read report. So it's Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax credit reports, all in one easy to read report. So. Um, that's really where people want to start to know what's on their credit reports. Then they can just take a regular highlighter, and same thing that I do, take a yellow highlighter and then just highlight everything that is inaccurate, obsolete, misleading, duplicate, um, you know, anything that could be unverifiable or something that's in question so they know what's going to, you know, what they can do actually to use the laws to fight back and do what we call credit repair, meaning clean up the credit reports. You make it sound so easy. Uh, it is, but a lot of people make it complicated, and it doesn't need to be complicated. It really is easy. So you just choose, you know, what could be wrong with the credit reports or something that's inaccurate or misleading or duplicate, like I said, to what's accurate on the credit report, and then we want to challenge, use the laws, the consumer rights, which is mostly the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Uh, I'll refer to that as FCRA. And that is consumer right to clean up the credit report. And anyone can look under Section uh, 611 of the FCRA, and they can Google search that and see that it is their consumer right. So mm-hmm. 609 and 611 is the, main, is the main two laws. There's some other parts that we do in Fair Debt Collection Practices Act if people have unpaid debts and what they can do. Spe- speaking, we could do a whole new call, you know, a, a podcast on mm-hmm. collections. So, yeah. Oh, boy. But at least that's where they start with the credit reports kind of define what is inaccurate and verifiable for the most part, and then kind of just kind of follow some steps, the simple steps to clean up the credit. And it can happen in little over 30 days. So, and I know, um, Jennifer, you were talking about three years. You literally can clean up your credit reports in about one month to about three or four months. 
And you could do CRUD repair as long as you can until you get the desired result. So that's the most important. Don't stop because credit bureaus want you to stop. They're a cash cow. Know your rights yeah. and then fight. So incredible right on i know oh, melissa like you it. guys have got to team up you can really cause a difference no coincidence we are here together today. i know <laughs> cross paths for a reason that's right <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break and uh, when we get back we can talk more about like the connection between being coached like that mindset and that money i mean it's definitely like becoming something that's more powerful for everyone mm-hmm. we'll be right back The saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, build a team. If you're ready to take your company to the next level, but aren't sure how to find the best candidates, NextGen HR Consulting can help. NextGen specializes in social recruiting strategies, talent engagement, and direct hire searches so you can get the right people in the right place at the right time. NextGen HR Consulting. Discover, engage, and grow. Did you know that women-owned businesses represent one of the fastest-growing segments in the U.S. economy? At Harahub, we've designed a co-working space and business accelerator where entrepreneurial women can create and collaborate in a professional, productive, spa-like environment. We provide members with connections to other business experts, access to educational workshops, and visibility within the community, giving them the support they need to be prosperous. Register for a tour today at harahub.com backslash phoenix. Harahub. Collaborate. Connect and thrive. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset, the place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mindset intersect. With your hosts, Elisa Sparks Lane and Jennifer Rojas. Welcome back. We're talking about money, credit, Jennifer being near an ocean. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and dancing and the unspoken word so um, my jealousy showed up and um, I'm just gonna put it out there I want to be at the beach right now <laughs> I want you here too you're here in spirit <laughs> I am that's not even no not even gonna, I know it's not close no I'm not gonna, not gonna cut it this time mm. no I may just have to I'll jump on a flight and go see you oh that'd be so great that'd be, that'd be so great uh, yeah all right so we are talking about um being powerful with our credit and money and that conversation that we usually don't have or we try to, you know, a lot of times it's almost we don't want to say what's needing to be said because it actually can create a difference. And just knowing that it can be as little as in a month. Yeah. Yes. And so do you work with mortgage companies? Do you work with, you know, car dealerships? I mean, is there any partnerships that actually create a difference for people to actually get you know, what it is that they can get out of having better credit. We do. We, we actually work with loan officers from different mortgage companies, real estate agents, uh, bankruptcy attorneys, family counselors, because the number one reason for divorce is financial issues. So um, we work with auto dealerships. I even forgot about that. Yeah, it, it's high. And, you know, and what I was going to say, too, is the statistics. Um, PRAG studies 
Um, don't ask me what PRG studies is, you know, kind of what it, it, it stands for right now because it's kind of out the window. But uh, PRG studies a few years ago that people can look up and Google search it is that 79% of people, consumers, have inaccurate or unverifiable information on the credit reports. So that's basically eight out of 10 people. So when, when we, you know, have, you know, sometimes I think people think that they have that shame or it's only happening to them or that they have bad credit or low scores, they feel like they're alone, that they're the only ones that have that. And it's simply not true. So just, you know, the biggest thing is to know, you know, that they can do something about it. They can get their credit reports. They can clean up their credit reports in a matter of 30 days. Um, maybe longer, depending on how many accounts that you know are in question that they need to work on. Um, maybe they have some unpaid debts. We haven't talked about unpaid debts, but there's a lot of options that they have if they do have unpaid debts, which is different than doing credit repair than cleaning up the credit reports. Hmm. So, and um, do you want me to talk a little bit about that? Okay. Totally. Um, unpaid debts. If if someone out there has unpaid debts, that the biggest options that they have is. Of course, that they can pay, you know, pay the debt in full if they wanted to, if they have the money. You know, a $50 debt, they could pay it in full. If it's a $3,000 debt, maybe not so easy. So, um, but they could work on it. So here, here's some options. Number one, pay it in full. Number two, if they can't do that, then they can make monthly payments. The next option, which is really huge, is settle their debt. So it's actually consumer right. It's fully legal because I won't say anything, won't do anything that's not legal. My dad would kill me as an attorney too, but <laughs> so, but, but settling debts are huge for people. If, if they don't know anything else, they just always know that you can settle debts. Um, and then, and I'll do a side note in a minute, uh, settling debts, and then the fourth is do not pay. If they do not pay, are there gonna be any repercussions? So the first thing we look at, and the first thing I tell people are that each state has statute of limitations. So in Arizona, it's three years for credit card debts and six years for written debt. So if someone can prove there's a written contract with their signature on it, it would move to that six-year six year rule. Okay, so if the debt is under that time, then they can be sued for it. If it is over that time, then they don't legally have to pay it anymore. They still can if they want. They could still make monthly payments. They could still settle it if they want because I know sometimes people get emotion, you know, emotional about their debt instead of thinking about it logically, okay? Because we kind of help them divide that. That's when Melissa can come in too. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's, it's the motion versus logic of what they can do. Um, and some people are like, well, I really want to pay this debt. Okay, then if you have that 3,000, then go ahead and pay it in full. If they don't, maybe they can make monthly payments or they can settle it. So, but settling is huge because you can legally settle debts it can go down all the way to 10%, but most debts can be settled from 20 to 30%. Do you assist with that process, like actually talking to? Yes, we do, wow. yeah. And I try to get clients to do that on their own. I seriously kind of talk myself out of getting paid. <laughs> I know that's crazy for a lot of companies, but, but if they can do it on their own and save money and they don't have to pay us, then that's great. Well, here's that where they save I, more money. Mm -hmm. I want to interject here because this is exactly what I'm going to be faced with soon. I have a 91-year-old father and a 78-year-old mom. My dad may not last much longer, and once he dies, his pension goes bye-bye. Mom's not making anything. She's got Social Security. There's a $10,000 life insurance policy. He's still 12 grand in debt. Mm. So how would I handle that for her because she doesn't know how to deal with the financial end of things, and I'm the one who's been basically monitoring their money to make sure everything gets paid, and I 
had initially thought about filing bankruptcy once my father passes away because 10 grand in life insurance is not going to get her anywhere. And he's still stuck with 12 grand in debt and she's attached to it being married 54 years to him. So in that case where a spouse dies and you're basically left with nothing, how do you handle that? Um, they are living in Arizona? Yes. Okay. Arizona's laws are, basically it's a community property state. There's 11 states out of um, the 50 states that are community property. So that means that if one person incurs the debt and even if the other person doesn't know it or does know it, then they're both on the hook for it, okay? Even if they don't sign that agreement, then they can sue Jane Doe. So if they go after him and he doesn't pay, they will go after Jane Doe, which if it kind of gets convoluted with the um, serving of the paper. Like, in other words, a process server serves her at the door, you know, if it was sued on, then, but at any, any given point, you can still settle that debt. So you can pay it in full, make monthly payments, settle it for maybe 10, 20, 30%, and then get that resolved. If she waits till she's sued on it, she could do that, because a lot of people are scared of it, but they should be, because there's still options. Even if you are served at the door, legally served, process server, and then you have 20 days to respond to the court, to the court papers, okay? If you don't respond, then the other side, the usually the plaintiff, which is an attorney for the lender, will actually obtain a judgment by default if you don't respond. And a lot of people don't because they're like, I don't have the money to pay an attorney. I don't know how to fight back. So in your case with your parents, then I would settle that debt, and that would make her probably a little bit happier with that because then she's not going to be sued later. But if it's a $50 debt or 100 and something, maybe a few hundred, maybe you not be sued on. If it's a credit card company, usually they sue. So some companies do, some people don't. Most medical do not sue, however they can. Anybody can sue for any reason at any time. Okay? okay. So, but the most part is that they, she could settle. So even if she's backed into a corner and then say she was served with papers, maybe wait until then. Because if she really doesn't have the money, then maybe wait till she's served on something. Or we can take a look at it. Now, this is just kind of off the cuff because I don't see the debts in front of me, a list. But if I see the debts in front of me and I know some companies that definitely will sue, we'll tell them. Okay. Well, I, know, I know that it's ten grand to a credit union for past credit cards and stuff. Yes. Then they will sue. Okay. They will sue. Yeah. Most credit card companies, where it's banks, uh, credit unions, things like that, they will end up suing because it's enough money to do so, especially in one chunk of 10000 Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So, but settling is, is probably the, the best way and the cheapest way for people. Because if they had the money, they would have paid it already. Exactly. So, yeah. Wow. It's like a Full, partnership just showed up. Fully legal. And it's in fully a, a huge legal option for people. I mean, it, it is their consumer right to do. So, um, and a lot of people don't, you know, because of the economy. And, and I know, you know, it's kind of a little better and so forth. But a lot of people just don't have the money to pay it in full. So settling debts are a huge option. And we actually, I wrote three pages of how to do it. And if somebody emails, then we email it right off. No strings attached. So are you writing the book next? I actually wrote a book. Oh. Yeah. Tell us more. (laughs) I wrote a book. Um, I, you know, I I call it different things, but it's basically how to uh, improve your credit, save money, and get out of debt because it's the... It's kind of the motto that we live by and and that we teach people. So So basically um, freedom? Yeah, it's basically financial freedom and empowerment is is really what it is. And that's why, you know, thank God I just kind of met Melissa today. So uh, we're going to be kind of, you know, referring clients to to each other. So, yeah, so it's awesome. 
So, Melissa, how how do you look at, you know, kind of how do you see the model for your coaching um, working? Like what would you, how would you like to go out there and, and start to, to build that out? Here's your next declaration. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to put it on Facebook right now. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Quick, quick. Do so. (laughs) Yeah, definitely on the empowerment side, getting the what so um, around their finances and like taking action. So one is just like, again, just coming out and saying it. Um, I can't tell you like from my my own personal experience how I just suffered through uh, financial debt you know, because it was one of those Mm -hmm. shameful things and and I thought I was alone. Mm -hmm. And so even just declaring it. So if they come to you, that's a great partnership. Um, Another thing you said that was near and dear to my heart is families. Families get broken Mm -hmm. over like the number one leading cause is finances. And I can't tell you how many students I work with at at the school level um, around what, what divorce and the impact it has on them. So I can totally see partnership in with families and or speaking with their children and empowering them um, if they're still going to go through with the divorce or the divorce already has happened. Um, so I definitely can see the connection there. Um, so I, I love working with teens. And so that's really cool. I'm like super inspired. And for my own personal reasons too, I definitely want to break through in financial freedom. So, that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, really that's really good. It's interesting how we, we put the word money being the thing that causes it, but I think it's like the lack of communication around that, it. Exactly. Like money's one totally. thing, but we can't just give it the blame for, you know, destroying a family. I mean, it's it's hiding it's from the, the truth. It's, it's really mm-hmm. being honest and like, I don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. And getting in, you know, in front of someone, I'm, you know, and I want to commend Robin for being so honest about, you know, what's there for her. And mm-hmm. it's... You know, and it's her parents. Like, that's something that's really emotional. And at times, you don't want to talk about it. It's being authentic, I think. You know, with, with being honest and in that communication, like you were saying, um, Elisa, is that, you know, just to put it out there and to share that with other people that can help, you know. Because even even if you don't know someone, you know, that if you just talk about it and then someone may be standing there listening and think, you know, hey, I know someone there for you, you know, yeah. that can help you. You know, that to me is, is empowerment, you know. Mm-hmm. It, and yes, it's women empowerment, but it's, it's everyone too. It's men too. And if we really be honest and, and authentic and op- you know, open with each other, then at least we can all help each other because somebody knows somebody that can point them in the right direction. So that, you know, that can help. And partnerships are great, you know, mm-hmm. like you were saying. So... Uh, Melissa so yes well and and then dreams can be you know available because I think some of it is also we've stopped dreaming because I can't my bills are too high or this or that and you know it's it's almost having that you know just do this for a month you know just Mm -hmm. you know create some sort of ability for your family to really take a vacation but Mm -hmm. be on a plan which you know for me you know you know life coach really creates that plan ahead and like Here's what you do, you know, put $50 away and, you know, and cut back here. And, and it's almost like seeing something that you can't see by yourself. You know, it yeah. truly, and, and it's really about being authentic and being open and mm-hmm. trusting someone. And it's all those words that are just so big and having commitment. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, but it's the freedom that actually comes from all of that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So it's really cool. Yeah. Great to be here. Oh, thanks. Great to share the space with you, Elisa. Excellent. So fun. Yeah. Love it. Jennifer's <laughs> at the beach right now. 
I'm not. We're all so envious. <laughs> I know. I'm. I am not at the beach. I promise. I am sitting. I'm sitting. I'll in be a, at the beach in five in, minutes after we're done. In the back. No. No. Actually, Las Vegas is uh, probably what we're probably thirty thirty minutes inland. So I'm not that close. To the beach. It's not like it's you're closer beach. than us. Okay. I. <laughs> I am closer than you are, yes. <laughs> no, I guess I'm sitting here thinking how interesting, you know, I do think the theme, you know, the show, that that unspoken word, because, you know, I keep thinking, well, one is I do think there's a lot of mystery around our credit, and it is one of those things, like, you know, many things, like, well, we need help, but we don't ask for it because, you know, we, every, we, we, I think I can't remember who said it, but, you know, we all feel like we're the only one. And so asking for that. And then, I, you know, I was thinking like dance and how that plays into that too, you know, and, and, and uh, I kind of, I'm kind of sticking on Elise's idea of, you know, how do you, how do you create movement with coaching? Like mm. how freeing dancing is, right? And how it lets you kind of get things out and, and show emotions, whatever those are, without having to put words to it. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of stuck on her, like, you know, co- movement is coaching. I think that there's something there. Mm. I'm not sure what it is, but... Uh, oh, look at the yogi coming up with some marketing ideas. I like it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Melissa, I will call you now. No, but I do. I think that probably will lend her to her. I think, Melissa, I, I'm guessing, you know, you do. You you probably have it, in, you know, when it comes to the coaching and, and probably teaching too, right? That intuitiveness that comes with dancing gives lends that to you being able to kind of feel you, you kind of know yourself and know, and you can express your own emotions as well as probably be pretty intuitive about other people as well, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Really what cool. grade did you teach? Uh, so, yeah, I started off teaching math, uh, eighth grade, my first year, and then I moved into the high school sector. And then, uh, so I taught for four years, and now I've been counseling for the remainder, uh, what, okay. eight or nine years now? At least I lose track. <laughs> so I've been counseling, a high school yeah. counselor. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have got to imagine if you can counsel high school students counseling adults is going to be yeah I could do anything so right? awesome. <laughs> seriously yeah yeah I think it's the opposite I think the teens are much easier at least they're more open to oh, do you? okay being a part of something like I think there's like okay there's still they're still close to the dreams I think the older we get we start moving away from dreams because things start happening in our lives and True. it's like oh but I think the younger we are and and I've seen some examples of that like I got to be able to you know coach around teens I guess is is the best way to say it but it was just they got it so fast and they saw Mm -hmm. opportunities so much faster than some adults are just like no I can't I just can't yeah they're at a great age you know it's the age where you're like questioning who you are who who you're going to be for the world and you know where do you fit in it's like a a perfect time and um, I also work with parents with the teens <laughs> mm-hmm. and like that relationship, especially something happens when they turn 18, <laughs> it's a struggle, right? And so uh, definitely the work I've done um, has led to being able to transform conversations around, uh, well, one, the teens themselves and who they are and what they're able to achieve and then the parents and who they are for their children. Mm. So it's, mm. yeah, it's been, it's been a great experience. Do they speak Valerie, up a lot you, around the families? Oh. I had some more questions about the team. Do they speak what? Like, do That's they speak up? Do they do they actually have conversations in front of you, or do you see that sometimes it's, you know, held back? So oh yeah, speak. it's definitely there's a lot of withhold and holding <laughs> back, and 
what not to say. I know a lot of students, they are, are a lot of times afraid that they came and, t and spoke to me. And they're like, one of the f biggest fears is like, don't tell my parents. And yeah. <laughs> so there's that fine line and walking them through that. Like I, being authentic is something that I do. Like I, I'm, I'm perfectly transparent. I tell them right away, like, you know, hey, what is said in here stays in here. However, if you share this, 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 and this, I will, I will let you know up front. I'm not going to ever do anything behind your back. So building that trust with my students has made all the difference. And then also portraying that to the parents, like you can trust me, like I'm, you know, I'm here to serve, so. What a great space for both of you. Like it's almost an opportunity to be on the winning team. Like the mm -hmm. moment that they actually do speak up or they allow you to be a part of their, you know, credit, you know, restoration or, you know, however you want to say it. Yep. Um, it's an opportunity for you to win too. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things we hold back on too. It's almost like, I'm not gonna allow you to contribute to my life. But it just totally. takes away from everything that's available. And uh, it's kind of fun to watch when it does happen, like people opening up. And, you know, I got to meet both of you in a space where that's how we, we get to be. You know, it's, it's almost this sharing of our lives because there's connection in that. Mm. You know, and I think from when we're little, we're like, don't talk to strangers, you know, and we're told things that actually pull us away mm -hmm. from the thing that actually gives us the freedom to be. Absolutely. It's mm. kind of fun. Yeah definitely conditioned at a very young age. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. I'm one of the ones that just like, I don't want to say anything. Mm -hmm. And then I'm realizing there's no contribution, even though I can mess mm -hmm. it up at times, mm -hmm. but there's nothing there. No growth. Mm -hmm. Very uh -huh. true. Yeah. So what's next for you, Valerie? I'm going to write a second book mm -hmm. um, and I'm doing, I'm going to be doing more public speaking. I'm going to, uh, you know, actually what I'm just learning recently um, dancing is, on your credit? Is that uh, what's well, no. I mean, I actually I was just telling, <laughs> hey. I was just telling uh, Melissa I do belly dancing, but oh. I, I can't do belly dancing with the the credit. You know, <laughs> you should see you should see Jennifer belly dance. Oh, it's I really? Yeah, it's see. really good. Oh, awesome! No. I, I gotta meet Jennifer. No. I would totally try it. I don't know why. I don't know why. This is just her thing. It's you know because she thinks I'm at the ocean. No, I don't belly dance, <laughs> uh, but I certainly would try it. I've got. I've certainly. I've got. I've got enough belly to belly dance. That's for it, sure. It's so, <laughs> so much. You know, belly dancing is so much fun. I encourage everyone to do it. And you know, I I actually just go to a. Uh, you know, a local, I think it was a rec center, you know, for seniors or something like that. And I'm like, I'm the, I'm there. I'm not, I'm not even considered a senior yet, but I, you know, I'm going and different age groups go, whether you're thin, um, average, you know, you're plump or on the fluffy side, you know, I call it, you know, <laughs> it's just, yes. you know, the, the, the cur curvaceous sugar coating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it de depends, you know, it really doesn't matter. I should say it does not matter what size you are because, you know, when you go back through the history of belly dancing, um, there's people that different sizes and the more that you are, that you are more voluptuous, the, um, uh, sexier that, you know, they perceive the women to be mm -hmm. the dancers to be. And so, and we're so caught up as women of, you know, that we're not model thin and we have to fit in this box and we don't have to. Mm. We are beautiful and, and whole and complete and gorgeous the way we are. And we need to celebrate that. And so I, I just, I tell people about belly dancing a lot. So yeah, belly dancing it is. I've never done. I want to do it too. <laughs> we'll all have to go. We'll all have to go. So we have a great Lisa, teacher. Yes, so. The new book, Belly Dance Your Credit yeah. Away. No. Yeah. <laughs> I see it. So there. Yeah. So, but I, I do professional speak, speaking, but not on the belly dancing so, yeah. side. You should, so you should I'm going to be doing more of that. stage belly dancing. 
That would probably be that would probably shock a lot of people. It would, <laughs> but how memorable is that? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. My like, family's still waiting to. They're, they're like, really, you're gonna do it? You know, out there in public? And I'm like, yeah, that's one of my goals. Wow. So you should and, have the family performance. You first. know, and I'm actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll say my age. I'm 55 years old, but my in in my heart and mm. my rhythm, I'm still 25. Mm. So and I'm awesome. close to five. You know, and I. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, nobody's gonna hold me back. Nothing's going to hold me back because I you know when I reached 40 and I first stepped on stage um, at a group of 800 women I looked at public speaking because you know public speaking is um, it's seriously the number one uh, fear above um, death you know of of dying and and it's absolutely crazy so when I reached 40 uh, you know this was 15 years ago I said enough's enough Mm -hmm. because nobody's going to be surrounding me and say you need to do this Valerie you need to speak in front of people and educate people with what you know. And I thought a lot of people knew about credit and debt you know, information mm-hmm. and whether they should file bankruptcy or not or what to do about unpaid debts and so forth and the laws. And I'm realizing the more I do public speaking, the more I'm realizing that people don't know. And I'm like, okay, then what am I doing as an just service to not let people know, to not educate them? So I speak whether I get paid or not. Most of the time I don't get paid. And that's quite all right. As long as I have enough money to pay my bills, I'm good. So, but I love to give back and I love to educate people and to watch people's faces that didn't know something or didn't know that you can clean up credit reports whether you pay the debt or not. Or if you go pay the debt, then it's not coming off the credit report. Mm. And then a lot of people think that. They're like, well, I'll just go pay it. Mm. And they Mm -hmm. think that it comes off Mm -hmm. the credit report. And I'm like, no. So there's two separate issues that that they're looking at. But doing public speaking is, I literally am on fire. Now I know how actresses and actors, I mean, get that rush. Because I just, I do. I, I, I literally sweat and get nervous for two minutes, and then I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm like, then it kind of goes away, and I'm like, and I just, I really want to power people. And mm-hmm. the, the first time I, like I said, I was 40 years old, I stepped on stage, it was 800 women. I know there was a few men in there too, but uh, it was for a women's conference up uh, northern Arizona. And I was just on fire. And just, you know, to have them go around you afterward, and they're asking questions, and I was just like, wow. I just, it was such a rush. I love doing that. So that's kind of really where I'm going more. And especially as I get older, I just really want to do more podcasts, which thank you very much, Lisa, for inviting me. And uh, this is my fir- first podcast. I was on radio one time before, but it's been a few years and this is absolutely amazing. So absolutely well, love it's, it. It's such a joy too, because it's something that lives beyond you. Like this is something that actually is shared. Yeah. People can listen to it in the future, create a difference, maybe create some some sort of movement in their life. And you may just save right. a marriage or two. Right. Like that's the difference that we may or may never know about. And that's true. That, mm-hmm. that really is true because I, I consult with people, you know, and, and Melissa too, you know, you're talking about talking to families and, and with her kids. Um, I actually try to get the spouses together on the same page when it comes to creating budgets and, you know, they're real simple. Extremely See, if simple you brought budgets. belly dancing to it, I'm sure you can. <laughs> that'd be so easy to rile them up. We're actually going to start belly dancing now because it's actually time to end the show. But Yay. Jennifer, big hugs. And I just want to send hugs to you guys. just so much appreciation for being on the show, for sharing your wisdom yeah. and for being part of this community and wonderful women that I get to share my life with. And Robin, always a pleasure seeing you on Tuesday. Awesome. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you. Have a great week. (laughs) You too. Thanks.